Well, I seem to be working a lot lately with consulting with many women who are calling. Sometimes it's just a one appointment session or sometimes it leads into an ongoing relationship. I've noticed, though, when they've come in and I talk with all these women on the front end of their journeys that a question is often, are we ever going to get through this? I don't see how we can get through this. And they're, they're really... Um, very concerned about, you know, the depth of this pain and all it's going to take to change behaviors. And, and so I can, I can really remember back then, I'm sure I was asking the same question. It's just after a number of years, I think you tend to switch to other things that you're learning and growing from, and you forget how hard it is and how scary it is. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. We are here again today with Debbie Laser. Deb is the uh, co-founder and current director of Faithful and True, and we're very happy to have you with us, as always. And um, Greg, we uh, continue our series on questions, Mm -hmm. and uh, Deb has come up with another question to uh, bring up for discussion. Yeah, for those of you that have been joining us for the last couple of podcasts, um, I sent out an invitation to the staff to... Um, come with a question. Maybe it's a question that they hear their clients ask. Maybe it was a question that was important to them um, in their own recovery or their own journey, or it was a question that they just are curious about. So Deb's brought us another question today. Another question. Well, I seem to be working a lot lately with consulting with many women who are calling. Sometimes it's just a one appointment session, or sometimes it leads into an ongoing relationship. I've noticed, though, when They've come in, and I talk with all these women on the front end of their journeys that a question is often, are we ever going to get through this? I don't see how we can get through this. And they're, they're really um, very concerned about you know the depth of this pain and all it's going to take to change behaviors. And, and so I can, I can really remember back then. I'm sure I was asking the same question. It's just after a number of years, I think you tend to switch to other things that you're learning and growing from, and you forget how hard it is and how scary it is. Well, and I know that um, when Beth first reached out to Faithful and True, um, the question that she had was, can we get through this? Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of the way that she said it, is there hope for us? Mm-hmm. And specifically, you know, knowing what Greg had done, knowing Greg's story, do you think there is hope for us? And I think that that's a big piece. Um, that a lot of people, it's yes, maybe in general they think that people can survive infidelity or betrayal, but there's also this personal part of hear our story. You know, this is what has been done. This is the nature of the betrayal. These are things that we've experienced. And now that you've heard us specifically, do you believe there's hope? Mm-hmm. And um, I absolutely, you know, want people to understand that we do believe that there's hope, and it's not just a, a false. Um, optimism. You know, it's not a the sun will come out tomorrow from any type of thing, mm-hmm. but it's that reality that comes from our own experiences that there is a way forward, that no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what the consequences might be, that there is a way forward and that there is hope in your circumstance. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things most of us have experienced here, all of us probably, 
is that um, the journey is longer than probably any of us expected mm -hmm. when we started it. And we do tend to be people, impatient people, I find, bo both of us, mm -hmm. on both sides of the relationship. We have expectations of how long something should take and how much money it will take or whatever sacrifices we need to make. And I, I think it can be daunting, especially when we talk about what we know works well for couples who do make it through and find the hope of transformation in the journey. And I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. We're not just looking for a number of days of sobriety lined up together. We're, we're hoping that that will be an initial part of the journey, but it's not the journey. Mm -hmm. The journey really is about learning something from this painful place, changing some things for sure, but knowing that God doesn't waste our pain. And he's really at work changing the very character of who we are as we work through this journey. And so that's really a lifetime journey. Well, right. I don't mean for that to be <laughs> to all of you Discouraging. Um, it's not because I think at some point it becomes a, an internally motivated desire to be all that we can right. be. Well, the lifetime journey is to become the person that God created us to be. Mm -hmm. The immediate journey is simply navigating the pain and the complexity. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned that it takes longer than people expect. And one of the things that I discovered in my own process and then also working with others, that this really is about stages. And that first stage typically lasts longer than we expect it to. And it's the, the stage of destruction and the ramifications of the destruction. Um, my life exploded in August of 2005, and that was also the year that Hurricane Katrina came on shore. And as you hear the story, the, the destruction itself came in waves. You know, it was the first, the hurricane, the wind that came on shore, and then it was the storm surge that flooded, and then it was the breaking of the levees, and there, there was a second flood. So for a lot of people, even the nature of the destruction, you think it's done, and then there's another way, there's another consequence, there's another revelation, there's another reality. And I think that that's where a lot of people begin to experience huge discouragement is they're overwhelmed by the destruction. They're not even to the place of evaluation or even considering what might be possible. And so even to understand that the destruction eventually will come to an end, the, the initial consequences at some point will begin to slow down. And it's not until that happens that you can even begin to assess what has been the injury, what has been the damage, how do we move on from this place? Mm -hmm. And, and I, do, I believe that one of the things that can, can add to the destruction, so to speak, or slowing down the process is when we hope to be each other's best help in that stage. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we're both devastated, you know, and there's pain and there's a need for support on both sides. And so what I know is really um, so important in moving forward as quickly as possible is to find that community of other people. It can start basically with a, a therapist. That's mm -hmm. community person number one. Right. And sometimes for many people, that's the only community they develop. I, I think we all know here that um, community of men for men, women for the wives is essential to move forward and, and to find that hope because it's just too much pain to carry by yourself or just with one other person. Well, and it's the biblical principle of being comforted with the comfort that we have received. Mm -hmm. There is a unique and beautiful comfort that comes from other people that are on the journey too. And so to have somebody else just a little bit further down the road 
who gets it, who understands, who can offer support, and it comes from a, an understanding of experience can be incredibly encouraging. You know, if, if you're out there by yourself and you're experiencing these waves of destruction and you have a lot of people in your life that are sympathetic, you have a lot of people that are encouraging, but you don't have people who are really understanding the chaos from an experiential point, it can feel very isolating. And so as quickly as possible, finding others who get this chaos and can be with you in it, that's where you begin to recognize I'm not alone. And it's interesting, being reminded that I'm not alone in itself is a form of comfort. Mm, certainly is. And even that season of figuring out who to talk to or who to bring in as part of that community is part of the learning curve too. We learn something there as well. We learn who's safe and who's not safe. And we won't do that perfectly. You know, I can remember talking to a couple of people, sharing too much probably, and then realizing what I got back was not helpful at all. A lot of advice, a lot of telling me what to do. I knew that's not what I wanted. I didn't really know what I wanted. I just knew that wasn't it. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes we experiment with who to talk to, who to bring in as part of our, I call it our my board of directors. Mm -hmm. I need a bunch of people on my board. <laughs> and sometimes I choose the wrong person. And then I, I got to, you know, have them resign and find somebody else. But even that is how God's using our pain to keep growing us up and eventually finding very good people who can surround us, support us, not direct our paths, not tell us what to do, not over spiritualize, keep confidences, all those important things to have safe people. Mm -hmm in our community. Well, and there is a, a tragic beauty in telling some of the wrong people mm -hmm. and being able to endure and survive it. Yeah. You know, early on, we can have this perception of our own fragility that, you know, we don't have resilience, that this is about to drown us. And it is powerful when we recognize, I can do this, that there is a way forward. Because What's interesting is that question that you first got, is there hope? Is there a way forward? What is the way forward? Um, at first, we do need other people to believe that for us. We, we don't have the belief within ourselves. Um, when I was in seminary, I had a professor, and I was kind of in my belligerent, hostile theologi uh, theologian place. And so I raised my hand and I asked the question, you know, is God's grace always sufficient? And I can tell you there was an edge behind it. <laughs> and um, the professor thought for a moment and he reflected. And then his response was beautiful. His response was, you know what, for me, it has been. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew a little about his story. I knew that he had gone through, through tragedies. He had had significant losses. So it was not... A, a empty voice. It was a voice of experience saying, for me, it has been. And what began to happen is I didn't suddenly believe that God's grace was sufficient, but I believed that he believed that God's grace was sufficient. And for the moment, that was enough belief. Mm -hmm. And so we often talk about holding hope for somebody else. So in the early days, you may not have any hope, but if you can find some people that have valid, you know, uh, authentic hope, they can have hope for you and that may be enough hope for you to continue on. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you begin to awake, you get glimpses of there is hope in this. And it may even be way before there's hope for your relationships or your marriage, but there's just simply hope that I will not be consumed by this and I will not be defined by this. Mm -hmm. 
I, I really agree with that. And I, I think when we're in it ourselves, when we're in the game, so to speak, and we don't have one of those seats that are way up in the stadium, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wrote about this in my new book. When we're way up there and we're not in there getting tackled and bombarded by these other big football players, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm talking about. Um, it's much easier to see where hope will come eventually and where support is and wh- what the big picture is about and how God might be working on this in our life and changing me in that. But when we're in the game, we don't. And uh, all we see are oftentimes the discouraging things or we feel beat up in there and um, we lose hope very quickly. And that, that's why I think it's so important to be around people who hold the vision for what can be And it's why I love what we have here, because we have couples who are thriving in their life and they have their own Mm -hmm. stories. And I think that speaks volumes to people. I know, you know, in the beginning, um, before I'd even gone back to school and was a therapist uh, and Mark was primarily seeing people by himself, they just wanted to meet me. That's all. They just Mm -hmm. wanted to see me. Like, do you really look angry? Are you a victim? Are you a real wife? Do you really want to be in the same room with this guy? And, and they would tell me that, you know, yeah. it's like, I just, I just wanted to watch your face and see how you responded when you walked in the room. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't take a lot of talking. It just takes living and knowing that people can move through this. And it, and it does take time. And we lose hope regularly along the way. Mm-hmm. And we've got to have people that can hold us up through that. Well, and that, again, the power of community. Yeah. Um, it's this idea that... Um, I may be having a really difficult day or evening and I have no hope and yet I can be in relationship with someone who tonight they are in a different place and they have hope and I can kind of hold on to their hope and that can be enough, you know. And then the next time it's me, I'm the one that has hope and somebody else in my community is struggling. Mm -hmm. But if we're alone and we don't have connection to somebody else that might have hope for us, then we don't have any hope. There is no hope. Mm -hmm. And so regularly reminding ourselves that there is a way forward. And the thing that is so painful is the way forward is the way through. And that's not my word, that's somebody else's words, but I love that, that we want to bypass. We want to be able to avoid this and still be able to mature, still become the person that God wants us to be. But the reality is until I'm willing to move towards it and move through it and move beyond it, then I will be defined by it. Mm -hmm. And so finding that courage to be able to say, I'm willing to move towards the pain so that the pain can be healed. Mm -hmm. And that's not a very wonderful invitation. And that is the invitation of transformation. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads us to, again, some practical things that we know are important in terms of moving through Uh, The one I think about most is just learning how to focus on the next right step, Mm. not the next 10, not the next 25, not the next 100, meaning not next week, not next month, not five years from now. But but what am I being asked to do just today, to find peace in today, in my steps, in my next steps? And I think as we learn to listen more carefully to how the Spirit is directing that, it it is there and it is directing Mm -hmm. us. And I think that more than anything is what I have learned and practiced through difficult things in my life, that if I get good at listening to that, it will lead me to one small step that leads me to a little bit more peace today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think when women start to get that, they, they do develop more hope because with each of those steps, there's more peace and calm that comes into your life. 
it's that place of anxiety and fear and lack of safety that creates so much tension in us and around us that leads us to want to control things so badly. Um, so learning how to do that uh, with others' help, I think, is is a great spiritual step because we are encouraged to stop worrying about the future, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Don't worry about where, how you're going to be fed or where you're going to get close. You know, I'll take care of you, right. the Lord keeps telling us. And yet we're such people of planning people. We need to forecast what's going on. We need to know and make a decision about how long I'm going to do something before it's not good anymore. You know, we will be led to those decisions uh, if we gather some patience and really practice living in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the invitations that Jesus offers in the scripture to the paralytic is to get up and walk. Mm -hmm. And I love that image. It's such, you know, so much of the language of recovery, that next right step. And so what I often pray for men is that they will know whatever the next right step is. And I think that just like in the scripture, it is an invitation that if we are listening, mm -hmm. we can hear and so we hear that invitation to the next right step. And then the rest of the prayer that I offer is, and may they have the courage and the capacity to choose it. Because it always takes courage. It, it's always a risk. Um, it's always something that there's a part of us that is resistant to doing. So may we have the courage to do it, and then may we have the capacity to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, may we look beyond what we believe we're able to do to realize that we are able to do so much more when it is that invitation from God. Mm -hmm. And, and it also brings us back to focusing on ourselves, which is the only thing we can change. Mm -hmm. You know, all that wisdom that comes out of 12-step groups, it's, it's so pertinent because if, if what we're doing is trying to find that hope in somebody else changing, we, we may never find that. They may not ever change. If we, if we look for hope in our life can be different, we can be transformed through something difficult, and it may very well lead to transformation in the coupleship as well, um, that's going to be a much healthier place to try to live day by day. Mm -hmm. That well, brings to mind uh, for me when we spoke earlier, when we had Sherry Troutman on the show, mm -hmm. and you were asking us about questions that Sherry and I get when we answer the phones. Yeah. And one of the themes that is oftentimes there will be um, a man struggling, uh, asking, uh, is there hope? Mm -hmm. And uh, the same with the wives that call. Uh, we had the opportunity to have Dr. Rick Underwood uh, come and spend mm -hmm. uh, the time to observe several of our um, men's journey workshops. And it was part of his uh, master's or PhD dissertation. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't have been more thrilled with his findings because what he discovered after observing these workshops is a measurable, um, unmistakable uh, uptick uh, in, in hope mm -hmm. of the men who participate in the workshop. Well, and it's back to that question, Deb, that idea of, is this possible? You know, and, and what is the this? What am I wanting? And one of the things that we want people to understand is this isn't going back to a better version of the way it used to be. This is really discovering a brand new way to live and to be totally in that freedom um, that sets you free, that lets you live in the way that God invited you. And early in recovery, you know, one of the messages that we can get is, oh, I just wanted to go back to the way that it was. Mm -hmm. And part of what we want people to understand is one that's really not possible but more importantly, that ultimately isn't going to serve you to kind of recycle old patterns 
But in this is an invitation to find a new way to live and to be transformed. And by the way, that's why I have a problem with the word recovery. <laughs> I did write about that in my book too. But, uh, you know, we're not recovering an old mm -hmm. life. And I think one of the things that really excited me not very long into my process of being in a women's group and in my own counseling was just detecting how different I was becoming as a mom, as a daughter, as an employer. At the time, I'm in my own company. Um, I was just different. I knew how to handle things differently. I knew how to find the calm. I knew how to be more authentic um, and to love people better. And I love that part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, I really didn't know what the future was going to be for us or for Mark. I just really liked what I was seeing in myself. So um, hope comes in lots of different ways. And if we start to look for, again, what is God teaching me in this pain? Not why am I in this? Why in the world? I've tried to be such a good person and a great wife, and I've given everything I know to give, and then here's what I get. Um, you know, I don't think that's the question God wants us to ask. He wants us to ask, are you willing to learn something in this place? Mm -hmm. And um, there are so many things to learn. Well, and one of the things... Sometimes our role is to remind people that they are being transformed. You know, they're telling the story of how they reacted to a child or um, a different conversation they had with a spouse or maybe a different way that they related to their employer. And to say, wow, that is an indication that you are being transformed because you didn't necessarily exclusively choose to do that. It just came out of you because of the work that God is doing in your life. And that's where it's so exciting. And in the early days of the journey, it is about figuring out how do we sur survive this experience? And then eventually, how do we not become defined by this experience? But ultimately, it's about how do I become transformed by this experience? And then we engage this journey of fully being transformed and becoming the person that God created us mm -hmm. to be. And maybe even the fourth step after that is how do I serve out of this mm -hmm. place too. And um, so there are a series of things that we move through and those that I think really thrive in their life um, go through not only the crisis but the def definition and whether that really is defining me and how am I changing and ultimately how is God using my story to serve. Mm -hmm. And those that really end up with that wonderful place of knowing truly that God isn't wasting pain in our life, has experienced that process somewhere in their life to begin to trust in that. I think I speak about that so much about my life now being a widow that, um, you know, I've seen that process through a number of different things. The first major one, of course, was sexual addiction in our marriage. But I became um, trustworthy of what God was doing there mm -hmm. to know that I could take many of those elements in all, all the things that were trials and adversity in my life, and now especially this one, the hardest of all, and know that they're working. And I, I have that trust that even though there are days still now that are painful, it doesn't mean they're being wasted, and I'm not still learning things in mm -hmm. them. So it's a different kind of focus to know that no life is wasted, whether it's a happy, happy day or it's a really hard day. We're, we're still growing from it, and which is why I believe really our journey in life is about a spiritual journey mm -hmm. and learning how God is working in us to become all that he wants us to be. Well, in any experience that is difficult and painful has the opportunity to trigger us into lies mm -hmm. that will hold us hostage. Or like you said, to understand it, that God has the capacity to use it to shape and form us to move us towards truth that will set us free. 
And I do think that's one of the great gifts that this journey gives us is it's not just about this, but it's about how we want to live each day and how we want to experience the things that come our way. Mm-hmm. Well, we've come to the end of another Faithful and True podcast. Uh, the, the message I'm also hearing is that, uh, and I hear you tell this to men all the time, that there's no sin, that God is unwilling to forgive us. And uh, so when you understand that and accept that, then the shame and the doubt and the guilt that uh, you may walk in the front door with on Thursday morning, uh, you uh, are in a much different and more hopeful place when you walk out the door on Saturday afternoon. So uh, we hope that uh, if you are an individual that is looking for hope and looking for this kind of direction and help and guidance, we're here for you at Faithful and True. We invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com. Check out our Men's Journey Workshop uh, for the wives. Uh, We highly recommend our Women's Journey Workshop. We have that coming up at the end of April, and I believe we still have a few spots left for that. So uh, we encourage you to check that out and register online. And uh, down the road a little bit, we have our Couples Journey Workshop. And uh, that, you'll have to call our office to register for that. But we encourage you to do that as well. So we hope that today's show has been one of great benefit to you. We hope that the coming week is going to be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great vision.